0: Um, There were some clear lies that I was believing that I really needed to reframe. Uh, One of them was I'm not responsible for holding everything together. That was really important for me and, and that I didn't need to pretend that everything was okay.
1: Welcome to the Resilient Faith at Work podcast where you'll find and apply God's wisdom to your work. I'm Ken Kennard. And our team at VOCA Center aims to inspire, challenge, and equip you to follow Jesus in the vocational dimension of your life. A big shout out to our generous listeners who have become donors and make this work possible. We're so grateful for your support. VOCA funders sign up to change lives by changing work. And if you want to partner with us to reach more workers, invest in VOCA. Do that by going to vocacenter.org give. That's vocacenter.org slash give and join us today. Every year we do research to find out what challenges people find the most vexing in their work. And in the past few years, burnout has been at or near the top of that list. This year, we decided to create a program to help out. The Burnout Recovery Program is a coaching program that helps you discover if you're burned out, uncover the underlying cause, get your fire back, and prevent burnout from coming back. Recently, Liz, Chip, and I got together to discuss our own personal experiences with burnout. Maybe you can relate. If you're worn out from work, think you might be burning out, or just want to avoid the problem in the first place, this episode is for you. Here we go. So hey guys, as I was thinking about this burnout program, I was thinking about how we're not just trying to help people fix burnout. We've already been through burnout ourselves, and I thought it might be kind of helpful if we kind of just talked with each other and shared our our own burnout stories have you guys been through burnout what's it been like for you what did you learn and how has that really helped us shape the program it kind of comes out of our own experience so chip maybe we can start with you tell us about a time when you were burned out what it
2: was like sure thanks ken um well just a couple of disclaimers true you know honesty is good for the soul um i run kind of hot so i'm Susceptible to burnout I also I've learned one of the things I've learned about myself is I, I I like to work in bursts where like I just concentrate on something really intensely hit a milestone and then I do then I do slow down so sometimes I I burst myself on some of those bursts I think that's just these are some of the vulnerabilities I've learned about myself and then there's a third thing I think that sometimes I have an overactive sense of responsibility um, where I think it's all up to me and I have to do it and nobody else can. So, so those things feed into my particular vulnerability to burnout. And, um, one of the most memorable burnout experiences that I've had, that sounds really odd. Doesn't it to say it that way? Like it's like an, like it was a fun trip or a restaurant or something like that. Like my most memorable burnout experience, but that's the way it is. Um, so one of them came, um, after achieve, this is kind of a surprise to me. When I, at first it came after achieving a major milestone, and our organization had just moved into a new facility, and like that was a huge. That was one of those bursts. It was one of those sprints to like get to the next thing, and you know everybody was working really hard, and it went really like it was crazy, but it went really well, and you know everything came together at the end, and so it kind of it kind of leads to this. Now what? You know, what's next? And, um, and so within six months of hitting that milestone, I was toast. I was burned out. And I knew I was burned out because the usual things I did to try and fix myself and kind of get my energy, my groove back didn't work. Uh, you know, a long weekend didn't work. Family vacation didn't work. Uh, just doing something fun didn't work. Um, and, the other, and so that was one tell. Another was that I was wasting tons of time at work. I wasn't working. I was getting in late and I was leaving early and I was reading the news and I really wasn't productive. And uh, the final thing, which was probably the hardest part, was I was, part of what I did in my role is I was, I was a pastor and I spoke every Sunday. And people, people very courageous people started to say, something's missing like it just doesn't feel like you're really into it so so that, that's kinda, that's kind of that's kind of like the setup for my burnout story it, and it was it's kind of a public thing which was interesting Ken how about yours how did it how did it unfold
1: well it's interesting to hear you say that it came after a milestone which was great and there's like this letdown um, it's exactly what happened to me I was on a long missions trip to Siberia just after the iron curtain fell I was a part I really went to Siberia, yes. <laughs> well I was on a, I, we, I was on a missions trip. We were we formed a band, we traveled with an artist and we went there to visit our sister church in Siberia and we toured all around doing our music and art and it was a really successful trip for the most part. And when I came back, um, I just could not get my mojo back. I mean, I was I was jet lagged, of course, but then I was sleeping during the day. I was up at night it, and that o- usually only lasts for a little while, but this just lasted for a long time. It just kept going. I became unmotivated. I was disinterested in getting back to work. I felt a sense of lethargy. I was depressed. And then I got to the point where I just didn't care anymore. I was like, I, I, I don't, I don't even, you know, I couldn't even muster up all the usual, you know, techniques for mustering up my energy and getting back in the game, just weren't there. I was a young adult at the time. I was living with my parents and I I was just a mess. You know, I I just, I didn't know what, I'd never experienced anything like this before. And uh, it was a combination of complete exhaustion and a lack of hope that I could get back into the things that I knew I wanted to do and loved to do and, um, just had no way to get back there. So uh, that was my experience. Liz, uh, tell us about your, your experience with burnout.
0: Yeah, thanks Ken. Well, it's interesting as I was thinking about doing this um, you know, video, it was uh, it was fun to kind of go back and think through my burnout experience because I'm on the other side now. Um, But at the moment, you know, when you're there, it's really hard to kind of pinpoint some of the symptoms even that you've been identifying, Ken. Um, So it's really great to kind of be on the other side and be able to to kind of see it at work. But for me, two things really contributed to my burnout. I was a big part of starting and growing a not-for-profit. And uh, as you know, it's high responsibility, low staff. And so even though I was in a leadership role, um, I was wearing many hats and after several years, there was no end in sight. Um, so, you know, needless to say, I felt underappreciated, overworked, um, and overwhelmed. Uh, I started to really question my leadership abilities, uh, which of course took a stab at my self-esteem and I began to lose my spark, my joy, and I was pretty down most of the time. And not shortly after a, a top leader in the organization left abruptly. So it kept uh, us picking up the pieces. So, um, you know, sort of like you chip, you know, you feel like high responsibility. So I, had, I felt like I had to hold all things together, um, or the organization w- would fall apart. And as a leader, I had to put on a happy face, um, kind of go through the motions. Um, so that was the hardest part for me really having to kind of, feel like I had to tell people that I was okay, that I was put together, Um, not being able kind of to go through this in silence. That was really difficult for me. Over time, of course, that took an emotional toll. um, And I had these two feelings of guilt, and then I felt trapped. Um, And of course, my work suffered and the people I was serving suffered. Uh, It really wasn't a good time in my life.
1: Gosh, this is making me so depressed. (laughs) Just thinking about it. You know, like what a dark time, what a horrible experience, painful. It affects everything, your relationships, your physical health, your mental health is being touched, right, all, all these things, it's just comprehensive. So let's get out of the darkness and talk about what's helped us to recover from burnout and ignite the flame again. Like what actually worked for you? Um, Chip, we, we, we say that there's three things that work. Let's talk about the first one talk about space
2: yeah good good I I think I think of space as just getting some distance from what your daily grind whatever it was that was sort of pushed you over the edge um, which is never usually one thing you know like in all our stories it was mostly more than one thing but it's just it's getting some it's getting some real real rest and space to 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 recover so for me and you know this is a tricky one because we just need to say up front that all of us have different options of, and levels of options available to us when it comes to getting space. Um, and you know, some of us can take a lot of time off. I, I know some people that take, they take a sabbatical for like they're professionals, but they just have the means to be able to take a year off and do that or they figure that out. And other people like that you just you could take a long weekend. And, and so, so it's all different for all of us. But the bottom line is there needs to be this break. There needs to be some like I'm gonna get out of the cycle, some for for enough time uh, to 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 get some perspective. And for me, um, I I I got four weeks vacation a year, and I took it all at once, and I was able to do that, and which was a gift. And I reported to a board, and they 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 suggested that I take a little bit more time. So it ended up being a six week break, but it was a break. Um, and during that break, um, and you're like if you're you want to get things done, everything you think I've got to solve all my problems during the space, and that that's not what the space was for. Um, one of my favorite words is recreate, and I like to split it up between recreate and so I did things that would recreate me, and I I did get some rest, um, but we took two two family vacations during that time. Uh, one to our favorite place, one to a new place, and I I did a trip by myself. I did a week on a tall ship, so I was sailing on the ocean, completely in a new world. Just being, we were all we were all learning how how sailing works, but we were also we were part of the crew, so we had to get up at four in the morning and do all this crazy stuff. And um, so it was really really good. So that was my space. How about you, Ken?
1: Well. Um yeah. Some, you know, un- unlike you, I was young in my career at this point. So I wasn't, you know, six weeks off. Sounds like a complete That's right luxury. Unlike
2: me, I was old. <laughs> Thank you, Ken.
0: <laughs> me, me too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> old.
0: Well,
1: I was living with
2: my parents. That's how young I was. But In the basement? Um, Were you living in the basement?
1: No, we didn't have a basement. We're from California, Chip. We don't have basements. Didn't give it your time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but my mom, who was living with me and noticing how uh, horrible uh, my life was at the time, she kind of gave me some permission not to rush back in to school and rush back into my normal, you know, w- agenda. And I was, you know, I was, I was running a business. I was in school. I was, you know, trying to transition back into everything. And she suggested, you know, why don't you take a walk? Every day. Why don't you get together with one of your best friends? Um, why don't you journal during this time? I mean, just, you know, create some mental and physical space, get outside of the work mode. Um, and then the other thing that, that I got in terms of space was one of the pastors who was overseeing the trip called for a group debrief time where everyone got together and created space for each other to just talk about what had happened. And that relational space that was created, just a blank container to talk about however I was feeling, whatever was going on, was a, was really helpful for me. I, I needed that space. I needed I needed you know the connection and the freedom and the just the lack of of um, pressure to perform and get get stuff done. I I don't think I could just muscle through it. Uh, so how about you, Liz?
0: Well, can I appreciate you sharing about relational space because burnout could be a really lonely experience for people. And, uh, for me, you know, it was really helpful at the time to make space for a few people outside of the organization to really just hear me out and listen and, and to have a safe space to be able to share how I'm feeling. Cause I had to kind of put that facade on at work. Um, but I started small and then I did something really big. So the first thing I did was, um, I carved out one day a week to rest, to enjoy and sort of like you said, Chip recreate. I only did the stuff that brought me joy and that created some good time for breathing and resting. Uh, I really protected that day of the week. Um, and for, you know, for some of us it's a Sabbath, it doesn't have to be a a spiritual thing, but for me it was, um, and that day was extremely critical for me. And, um, And then over time, uh, through some coaching and through some friendships, uh, we did decide to take a six-month career break sabbatical for my work um, to figure out some next steps in my career. Um, I didn't do it right away. Uh, It took over a year to plan and prepare. So I did some small changes at the beginning, and then I made a pretty big one afterwards. Wow. I'm curious about your
2: six-month. Yeah, I'm curious about that six-month break. Um, What did you bake into that? To make sure like when you got to the other end that was that was what time well spent
0: yeah at the beginning you know you have all these plans you create all these uh you know ideas of things that you want to do but the first couple weeks that we were there um we sort of felt like be like children right that concept where you know kids don't think about what they're going to eat you know what they're going to do it's like what they want to do at that moment they do when they're hungry, they go get food, um, and it was just a very simple, uh, you know, relieving way to just say I, I didn't have to make any plans. You know, your whole life at work, all you're doing is planning and preparing, and so just kind of to release that and just just the idea of be like children was completely a new a new way of thinking and a new way of living for us.
2: Wow, that's really cool. So
0: we did whatever we wanted to. If I wanted to go to a cafe, I'd go to a cafe. <laughs> if I wanted to take a nap, I took a nap. <laughs> if i wanted to you know read a book i'd
1: read a book yeah that that's great so so this is space right it's the space to be in the moment it's the space to be away a little bit it's the space to detach and recreate and uh, permission not to have to perform and work but if that's all it took was to get away then we would just never be burned out because every break provides a recharge and and what what we're talking about with burnout is the normal things to recharge don't work and so part of the solution is the second part which is insight that you need to learn something something needs to change in order for you to prevent this from happening again and so i'm curious to know what you guys learned about yourself or what insights you had uh, during the break or through this process that helped you with your uh, burnout recovery chip how about you
2: so right in the center of all these trips i'm doing all this recreating um in the center i of that six week span i had i had an intensive coaching experience that was built in so i worked with an executive coach we did the highlands ability battery and the myers-briggs which are tools that we use a lot in our uh, coaching practice and um so, for those of you who haven't taken the Highlands Ability Battery, it's three hours long, and my my friend who told me about it said you can't cheat on this test, Chip. Like it's gonna. So I was actually kind of terrified. I'm burned out, and you know this is this whole thing is going to reveal that I'm a fraud. But um, I didn't I didn't want to stay burned out, and I wanted to kind of figure out how do I how do I get how did I get here, you know, and how do I avoid this? And so that's where this this insight piece, this insight component, is so important we need to learn like we need to get some facts about what's going on and um through that process of working with Leslie who was just she was my coach she was amazing um you know I learned that I'm 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 just wired to be entrepreneurial and so when there's kind of big new things to do I'm really energized but maintenance just kills me um I learned that sort of work and burst pattern which is not bad you just have to manage it and Um, and I also learned to be candid that I wasn't actually well suited to some of the typical duties of my job. Like it was always going to be hard. It was always going to be draining. Um, and for, you know, I mean, I don't know if you need to fast forward on this, but it's like, I didn't mean I quit my job. It just meant I wasn't crazy and I could manage it better. Um, so, but that insight into who I am and my particular, uh, the, 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 the grind, the lack of sync with who I am and what my work environment, that was huge. I needed that.
1: Wow, well, my, my insights were very different from yours, Chip. Um, the first insight I picked up was that it's actually really normal to go through these intense periods of highs and lows uh, in ministry and in work. I had I did not see that coming. I th- never anticipated that. And so I just didn't have enough experience to have that, that realization. So what I experienced as really unusual and bizarre <laughs> uh, and new, I discovered was actually pretty typical. And it's interesting to even hear you guys say, you know, your periods of burnout came after periods of, of um, great work and achievement. Second thing I learned is that God is actually in charge of my work. That I was working not just to produce results, I was taking personal responsibility for the results. And there's no reason for me to do that, right? That, that's taking on more than I could handle and that was causing the burnout. Um, another thing I, I learned, the third, third big lesson was the importance of connecting with people. When I was under stress and burning out, my tendency was to withdraw from people and to go inside, I'm an introvert by nature, and you know, buck up and solve this by myself, by internal processing, which is not a great way to recover from burnout. I mean, we do need some in time, times of, of withdrawal and aloneness, but if that's all you have, right, you're missing out on a key component of burnout recovery, which is connecting with others, inviting each other into the process, inviting some trusted friends and, and, and a, um, a guide or coach, like you said, Chip, to into the process. So those were the three big aha moments for me that I got from, from the space That was created to to process that. How about you, Liz?
0: Yeah, Ken. Again, I relate to you know having people walk alongside me. Those those are one of the things that I learned. Um, Having trusted people that could speak truth, especially because I had to do this on. I felt like I had to do it on my own. But I learned, you know, the simple thing that there is a clear line between work and no work. And that's (laughs) really hard for people sometimes, right? Like work just seeps into every aspect of our lives if we, if we let it. So I have to have some clear boundaries to say on this day, I'm not going to think about work. I'm not going to do work. Um, and uh i think over time i learned that i needed to make a significant change and that that would require significant time and significant steps which is why i took the six months off Um, you know i quit my job uh, my husband and i moved to argentina and that time really shaped how i see and how i do work today so yeah that's for me that's those are the couple things that i really learned during the process
1: Those are some great lessons. Now let's wrap it up with a third of the three. We've kind of touched on this already, but it's the guide, right? It's that we need someone outside of ourselves that can kind of assist, guide, coach, um, be with us through the process that can be outside of it and speak into it. Um, so Chip, you mentioned you had a coach. Um, tell us about how your coach was helpful to you, what you got out of it, and sort of the impact of having a guide versus just doing it on your own.
2: Well, you you know, each of you have said it in one way or another. We need other people to walk with us through these seasons, and um, but we need wise people to walk through it with us because, you know, your friends are probably they don't want you to be, or your even sometimes your spouse they don't want you to be suffering. They're just gonna they just want it to be over, kind of thing. Um, a lot of times, I think people don't know what to do when somebody's really struggling, and so Leslie was my coach. She was amazing because she's a seasoned leader. She understands business business leadership and like church nonprofit ministry leadership she gets it she gets it all she's kind of seen it all and she just i didn't even see her this is pre-zoom this is how ancient i am ken um so you know (laughs) i just remember saying oh you're not a pastor and what she meant by that is you're not a chaplain and that chaplain side of the expectations that people have for you is always going to be hard like it's just going to be hard you you want to build things you want to make things you want to you know do all this stuff and it was really actually validating for her to say that and it didn't mean i actually didn't change that was that was 7 years before i i stopped being a pastor so um I, that that was the kind of oh, I'm not crazy kind of thing I need. But I needed Leslie. I needed her to say, well, this is how you could re-engineer your role. And this is what you could lean into. And I needed that guide. And um, and I, I think we all do. And we certainly baked that into the program. Ken, I, I think your mom was your was your guide. <laughs> well, it was interesting because- You listened to my, your mother. <laughs> right. My, my, my
1: first guide was my mother who was sort of helping me navigate this thing. And then, of course, because my mom's A therapist, you know, she could have been my counselor, but then you've got that dual role: is she acting as the mom, is she acting the counselor? That's called a
2: conflict of interest. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. So she understood the conflict of interest, and at some point, she said, "I think you need to talk to another counselor, someone who's not me, that would actually provide uh, a different perspective." And so that's what I did. And as I debriefed what I was going through with a counselor. I realized, you know, oh, my goodness, um, you know, I've just taken on way too much emotionally about this situation. It was it was a little bit traumatic because, you know, we were we were doing ministry. And when we got home, we learned that one of the people that was involved in the ministry committed suicide. It was just hard to deal with that as a as a um, as a young person in the ministry there. And also just trying to figure out how to navigate what I was feeling and experiencing coming off of this emotional and and spiritual high. So the counselor was even more helpful than I thought uh, he would be and was able to help me tap into what I was really passionate about and the parts of this that I just needed to let go and that weren't really mine to hold. How about you, Liz?
0: Yeah, that's helpful. Um, You know, for me, I actually had two coaches in the process of a couple of years um, and they really helped me flesh out and identify the real issues, where that was coming from. Um, there were some clear lies that I was believing that I really needed to reframe. Uh, one of them was I'm not responsible for holding everything together. That was really important for me and and that I didn't need to pretend that everything was okay. Um, and a lot like YouTube, um, I recognized that I was in the wrong role and that that process came out of my coaching experience and that I needed to step out of that role and figure out what my next steps were as far as my career, which I did on my sabbatical career break. Uh, And those six months had an astounding impact on how I live and work today. Actually, right before I came home for my sabbatical, a friend of mine encouraged me to apply for a coaching job at her company. And it made sense for me from my past experience, and I loved it. And uh, I started a coaching program. I got certified, and here I am helping others recover from burnout. So I thought it was really interesting. (laughs)
1: That's great that just hearing that uh, really really gives me hope Um, and maybe we could just wrap up here by talking about like what do you guys observe what do you notice as you step away from those stories so these are our stories these are our experiences lived out as we reflect on them but what do you notice as you reflect on this group of stories that that we've sort of um, collected here
0: I think there's a theme wisdom is needed (laughs) outside Mm -hmm. wisdom is needed and so I think that, that's really helpful. And um, I think, you know, I, I, sh- I shared it earlier that burnout could be really lonely and we need mm. others to come alongside us in this process, so.
1: Yeah, an observation that, that I would make is just how common this is. I mean, it's come up not only in this conversation that we all have experienced it, but actually we're not that unique in this regard. A lot of the research, that we've done has brought this up as like the number one, you know, of our moment of our of our time here um, in our culture. It's it's happening to a lot of people, and so um, this is something that's part of our human experience, uh, at least in this society. How about you? For you chip any observations?
2: Well, I think I think that's an important point that it's normal, and. Um, because if we don't think it's normal, we think there's something uniquely wrong with us, um, and it's that, and then that just piles on <laughs> the burnout, the burnout feeling, right? Like, it doesn't help. No, it's normal. Um, I think it's, I think I would say it's beatable. We, you, it's, it's possible to recover from burnout and to steer clear of it. I think, you know, um, all of us. It's interesting. It was interesting the first time we sort of compared notes as we started to build this program to help others that, you know, a lot, there's always a space element. There's always an insight element. There's always some kind of guide slash community element. Like that's just the way it is. And I think, but that means it's beatable that you don't have to be burned out. You don't have to think, well, I'm just either I'm never going to be able to work again, or I'm just always going to be burned out. Like there's, there's, that's, that's not true. It's not a dead end. Um, It's, it's a, it's a, a painful experience, but that's one that God uses us to teach us about himself and to teach us about ourselves and to often redirect us, uh, in terms of, of, of where he wants us to go. Um, or the things he wants to build into our lives. So it's, it's not a failure. Right. You know, yeah, it's It's a problem,
1: but it's not a failure.
2: Yeah. There's a big difference.
1: Yeah. Anything to add to that, Liz?
0: Well, I just thought the solutions were different for all of us. There were some elements that were similar, but not everyone has to go on a sabbatical. Um, but there, there, needs, there needs to be some significant change in, in our lives, but that solutions are not um, the same for everyone.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, what, what gives me hope is that not only is it beatable, but once you've beaten it, you know something about how to beat burnout and how to prevent it in the future. And so our hope is that with this program, you not only get on the other side of burnout, but you pick up some skills and tools for spotting problems early, um, having the hope and the resilience to do the things, put the practices in place that help you avoid it and come to the place where burnout is just not a part of your future story. Thanks everyone for joining us for this episode of Resilient Faith at Work. And uh, for this important conversation related to uh, a topic that a lot of us are dealing with. And we understand how burnout can really mess with your well-being and your productivity and your overall happiness. So that's why we created the Burnout Recovery Program. So I just want to put this out there to you. If you're experiencing burnout or think you might be, um, check out the Burnout Recovery Program. To find out more and get started, you can visit vocacenter.org slash burnoutrecovery. That's vocacenter.org slash burnout recovery. If you're overwhelmed, or maybe you've already gotten burned out, you don't have to stay there. There's hope for you. Reach out to our coaching team, and we'd be glad to help you out. Focuscenter.org slash burnout recovery.